that you are smiling. It's hard not to smile in a room full of beautiful women like this. Just look around. I mean, it's incredible to see so many beautiful, smiling faces. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me to be here today, Jackie, and uh, the other winners. It's a real privilege. And especially to talk about hope, raising hope. You know, uh, I hope today that you can really start to re-examine the concept of hope in your life. We really kind of give that word a lot of lip service. And we're like, oh, well, there's always hope. But what's it really based on in our lives? And we have to really think about uh, how to raise our hope. If you look around our world today, we have a lot of reasons for our hope to be low, don't we? I mean... I bought five lotto tickets and I got one number right. <laughs> the economy, uh, sometimes looking at the families around us, uh, I can tell you working at office, it's kind of, I would say that, that you know, when people are in life and death situations and weddings bring out the very best and the worst in people sometimes. And, uh, I've seen some incredible families who are really loving and supportive uh, to the person who's, who's getting ready to pass. And then I've just seen some nightmares. I've had some nightmarish experiences with families that are literally screaming at each other uh, in front of, of their mom, their beloved mom, or their dad, or whoever it is. And, and it's just, it's so sad uh, to see that there's no hope there. Uh, unity between races, cultures, why it's all over the news, isn't it? It's incredible to see just the rifts uh, between people in our world today. Uh, the mistrust, the hatred, uh, the suspicions that there is. And yet the Bible gives us so many great scriptures that talk about hope. In Psalm 25, verse 3, I hope you brought a Bible or you can follow along uh, with a friend there. It says, no one who hopes in you, God, will ever be put to shame. No one will ever be put to shame. You know, I think about times in my life where I felt shame. Uh, and, and it is not a very hope-producing thing. Our world tries to give us hope through some kind of crazy thing. Did you know that you can buy hope for eighty-seven ninety-five? Open the jar. And on Amazon, you can buy ten used. That's kind of icky. Put 
put your hope in the Word of God. And for years, and, and as you've heard these different women share, uh, I like them for many, many, many years. I put my hope in all of the wrong things. Uh, I put my hope into empty relationships, you know, where there was a lot of shame, uh, where I really debased myself with men. Uh, trying to get some self-esteem, trying to feel love, trying to feel an unfailing love, trying to feel like I had some security in my life. Uh, I did a lot of things that I'm now ashamed of uh, for money, for, for security, just for fun. You know, I look back and I'm like, there are a lot of stories I really don't enjoy telling around my kids. And uh, I'm grateful that God says, no one who hopes in him will ever have to be put to shame. Okay. Uh, next slide. It says, God gives us crazy hope. That's what I want to talk about. And in Romans chapter 4, it's a, uh, kind of a synopsis of the story of two really old people, Abraham and Sarah. And it says in verse 18, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said about him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. She was ninety. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. God made a promise to Abraham that he was going to populate the earth through Abraham and Sarah's offspring. Maybe you've read that story before. But it's, it's just crazy thinking about, okay, how can someone who's 100 years old and his wife is 90 have a baby? I mean, that sounds like one of those grocery store tabloid newspapers. That 100 year old man has a baby. You know, uh, I, I was thinking, what if, you know, what if, what if they weren't married and Abraham was looking for someone at 100 years old on like Match.com? <laughs> There he is. <laughs> Would you have a baby with this man? <laughs> this is a hundred-year-old ninja. <laughs> I'm like, okay, who gave this hundred-year-old guy a sword? <laughs> and it looks like the younger guy is holding him up. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's a candidate. And then finally. There's a hundred-year-old marathon runner from India. And uh, I'm like, well, that's impressive. A hundred years old. But I think he's on like his fifth wife. So, you know, it, it's a crazy story that God lays out here. In fact, it's so crazy that in Genesis 17, 17, it says that Abraham fell face down and he laughed. And then in, in chapter 18, it talks about how the angels come to tell them they're going to have a baby, and Sarah laughs. Of course, she's the one that gets in trouble from the angel. So I was like, no, that's not right. Because all we ever hear about is Sarah laughed. You know, she was mad. 
bad one and she got in trouble. I think it's because she lied. You know, she said, I didn't laugh. And the angel's like, yes, you did. <laughs> but against all hope, Abraham believed. And sometimes that's how it is with us. God gives us crazy hope, and we have to, against all hope, continue to believe. Uh, God can do incredible things for us. He can heal our past wounds. Maybe you feel like, I'm never going to get over this. There's just no way I can ever get over this hurt I feel inside. Do you know what? God can heal your wounds. We have hope. You know, what can we do in our world today with the strife that's going on? God can make us colorblind. Believe it or not. You know, this is a picture of, of uh, six young women from USC. And they're all different racial backgrounds. And they just love each other, you know? And that's a picture of what God intended for the church to be like. What God intended for the world to be like. You know, just... It, Seeing past those differences that we have in age, in culture, in socioeconomic levels. And it's got to start with us, though. We've got to have hope that we can change so that the world can change. God can change you and me. Do you believe that today? God can give you crazy hopes. Don't settle for these kind of worn out, kind of, yeah. This hope, I picked it up on Craigslist. <laughs> it's not so hot, but hey, I got hope. That's not what God has in mind. Uh, like, like Betty said, and it's kind of funny, I almost said Bonnie, Bobby, Betty, I'm sorry. Where are you, sister? Okay, there she is. She's one of triplets. Believe it or not, we are truly blessed. Uh, with these incredible women, but she read that scripture, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, about God wants to give you a hope and a future, and it's not a terrible future, it's an awesome future. Uh, this is me. 30 years ago, before Claire all took over. <laughs> you know, when I think about a hope and a future back then in college, I became a Christian my junior year of college. And, you know, you think, how, any juniors in college out there? Any teenagers? Raise your hand. You know, we, y'all think, I've got it. I, you know, I got it. Okay? I understand life. You know, I, I'm mature. I'm grown. You know, I'm capable. I know what I'm doing with my life. And, and I, that's how I felt about my life. I look back on 30 years ago, I'm like, holy moly. There's a lot I had to learn. But uh, for me, my background was from a family where there was no deep connection at all among the family members. And maybe that's where you're coming from. You know, we lived in the same house. We all lived together, but there was no connection. There was no emotional connection. There was a lot of emotions under the surface that were never, ever talked about. Uh, there was a lot of bitterness be 
because of things that had gone on, but you would never know it. I mean, at night, my mom and my stepdad were throwing things at each other, cursing, you know, uh, threatening each other. In the morning, we'd eat at breakfast, and it was like the step for a bit. I mean, it was like, oh, honey, did you rest well? <laughs> what is this? Uh, my dad died when I was a year old, and then my mom remarried. Uh, her, her, uh, how do I describe him? They went to the same high school, and my dad was the quarterback of the football team, and my mom was the cheerleader. And then my stepdad was kind of the nerdy guy who wanted to be. And so, you know, he kind of swooped in there after my dad died and they married. And uh, it was it was a very challenging situation for me being in that house. Um, definitely, there were elements of, of Cinderella and the stepsisters there. <laughs> you talked about different fairy tales. It was all there in that house. But, uh, you know, to say coming into being a junior in college that I thought my hope and my future part of it was being married to a man, uh, having a family, having, you know, what I kind of wished I could have had growing up, that, that just never, I mean, a lot of people dream about that. I can tell you, never thought of that. Didn't really, I wasn't one of those people who was looking at bride magazines, okay? I, I never really longed to get married, and don't hate me for that, but, but I never really longed for that because my attitude, even as a Christian, was I know how that ends. I know how that story ends. I don't even want to go there. Don't want to be a mom. Don't want to bring kids into that kind of situation. And so there was no hope there. That was not a part of my hope in the future, this incredible thing God was going to do in my life. And, uh, you know, I, I'm so grateful that my husband put up with me, basically, because he had a very normal family. I mean, they even talked during dinner. <laughs> I went to his house for dinner to meet my future in-laws, and afterwards he's like, what do you think of them? Those people are so weird. <laughs> and he was like, hey, what do you, why do you think my parents are weird? And I was like, they just talk all the time. I can hardly finish my dinner. All they wanted to do was talk to me. You know, and he was like, what did your family do? I said, well, we got our TV trays, and we, you know, all sat and watched TV, and we didn't talk to each other. No, we just kind of sat there existing with each other. We weren't really interacting. And so, you know, bless his heart, he stood up with me for 30 years. I finally figured out it wasn't exactly his family that was strange. <laughs> it was my family that was really way off. And so, you know, it's been incredible. Uh, this is our 30th anniversary, sitting on the steps of the church where we got married 30 years earlier. Uh, God has really done incredible things. And, uh, I, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to my husband. I feel like he has uh, really helped me to become a better woman. Uh, God has helped me to have a vision for my life. Uh, even as a Christian, I have a vision as a mom. You know, that wasn't something I craved, being a mom. 
you know, I, I was I was willing to be a mom. And so, you know, I got pregnant and nine months later, guess what? You know, Ben was born and uh, um, I had no idea what to do with that boy. <laughs> and he was checked off from the beginning. Somebody had talking to him. <laughs> He was just, he had a bad attitude right out of the, out of the womb, you know? <laughs> even that baby picture in the hospital where, you know, they took the baby picture and Tony was Maria, our second born, who was just so fat and even, even in the nursery she was smiling. She was probably thinking, it must be lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> but then had this look like, me? <laughs> A wonderful, delightful man now, uh, but and he was a great kid, but he was a terrible baby. <laughs> I know that's terrible for mom to say, but it, it's the God on the street. <laughs> Nature 
That sounds painful, doesn't it? Doesn't sound like, oh, we're just a song. I'm going to go suffer. There is going to be some courage, some boldness, uh, some fearlessness involved in making a decision to raise our hopes. And I want to really challenge us that if you have never gone through that process of dying to your old self, you know, in our world today, it's Christianity can be a very casual, casual thing. It's like, well, I was born a Christian. I've always been a Christian. And I was raised in a Christian family. I want to know, have you ever died? Have you ever, have you ever been crucified? Have you ever looked at yourself, your old self, your sinful nature, and said, this is awful. This stinks. I need to get rid of this. You know, maybe you felt that way. I felt that way. I was like, if I could only start my life all over again, (coughs) it would be so different. And I'm here to tell you today, we have that hope. It says in Romans 6, God wants to give us a new life, but it has to come with some pride, right? We have to have that. Next slide. Finish the race. Uh, I did do a half marathon this year. And you are amen. Thank you, God. Uh, it's over. <laughs> um, these are the, actually the glamour shots. Look how good I like these shots. <laughs> of course, before the race. Um, you know, the one here is I went down to Disney World to do this thing. And I highly recommend if you're going to do something like that to your body, make it worth it. You know, there needs to be shopping involved. There needs to be going out to restaurants. There needs to be Disney World. This is all going to make it worth it in the end. But uh, these women, you can't really see them very closely, but one is in her 20s, one's in her 30s, one's in her 40s, and I was in my 15s. And uh, needless to say, I was the last one to finish. But I did finish. I did finish today. Um, Thank you for the applause. I'm telling you, it was ugly. Uh, I wish I could say, oh, it was so easy. I trained so much. I was so lazy. You know, there was a tra- I couldn't find a training schedule for the amount of time I was going to train. It was like, train for a half marathon in six months. I was like, okay, that's out. Uh, train for a marathon in three months. Oh, well, it's shorter than three months. I've been telling myself I need to start training at the weekend. I was just not lazy. So in eight weeks, I, I scaled the four-month thing down into eight weeks to train for this week. And uh, um, I started out and I ran the first six miles, which was a huge accomplishment for me. Because, you know, I'm not one of those runners, I can see the Nike commercial, which I look so comfortable. And I mean, it's really ugly. (laughs) I swear, everything's bouncing. I I had on two sport bras. I tell you. Uh, but it, it was also encouraging because there were women a lot older than me. There was a woman after 
happy to be here. I hope you're having a great time. I'm having a great time here. I'm at the end of my time here almost, and I've got to fly through a couple more slides. But, but I don't want you to leave here without having decided what you're going to do. You know, what are you going to do? That's going to take some guts on your part. You know, maybe it's making a change. Maybe it's just being open about what's really going on in your life. You know, that is terrifying to people, especially to me when I was studying the Bible. I was terrified that if I ever told people what was really going on in my life, they would be like, you harlot? <laughs> Thank you very much. It's a little better. <laughs> um, wow, I had no idea. Oh my goodness. They might not let me in church again. I wasn't sure, but I was terrified. And maybe you need to decide that I'm just going to put the fear aside. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be bold. I'm gonna I'm gonna woman up. Come on, take that back from a minute. I'm man up, we're gonna woman up here. And really, really make a decision to do something bold and fearless. Maybe it's sharing with somebody in your family or at your office or in your neighborhood. It's been so encouraging in the group that my husband and I are in up near Pasadena this year. We got our leaders together. We were like, just be bold. Do something. Please, just make a decision to do something bold every day. Do something bold. Get out of yourself. And it's been so encouraging just to see what God has done in people's lives when they decide, I'm just going to do something out of the ordinary. I'm going to be bold. Uh, I told you I'd show you my kids. This is my daughter's wedding. Uh, my adopted daughter, Anya, from Russia, she came when she was 12. She just turned 26 yesterday. That's her, our baby, Maria. She'll be 26 at the end of July. And that's uh, Ben. He's 27. And uh, he's in a triathlon this weekend with Lance Armstrong. I'm proud of him. He's an inspiration to me. But I look at, at what God has done. You know, he has... He has raised my hopes. He's raised. It's been incredible to see what God has been willing to do when we're willing to just try to meet him halfway. Make an effort. Make a decision. Do something. Last slide. Hebrews 10, 23. says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. You know, don't don't quit. Don't quit in the middle of your race. It's worth it to get to the end. I'm telling you, I crawled over that finish line. I I must have looked terrible. I was shaking. It was cold. It was raining by then. Who knew it would be cold and raining in Florida? Um, my tutu didn't look so hot. I had a tutu. All the, I mean, there were crazy people in there. But uh, you know, it didn't really matter. All that just didn't matter because the goal was just get over and finish. Just, just finish. Hold unswervingly to the hope that you have. You will surprise yourself. You know, I really thought I was going to die. <laughs> I really thought when I was out there training, I was like, this just is natural. <laughs> I mean, this 54-year-old woman, 
should not be doing this. This is not okay. You know, and I hurt like crazy. I mean, I I was popping Advil, I was rubbing stuff, you know, icy hot, you know, Bengay, whatever it was. I I tried to get rid of the pain, but honest to goodness, you know, you will not die. <laughs> you can do a lot more than what you think you can do. And I'm not talking about running a race. I'm talking about running the race. You know, God is going to be with us. He's going to give us crazy hopes, but it's up to us to really finish the race. Thank you so much for having me.